0: Hey, everybody, this is Ellie. Each Friday on the Third Degree podcast, I speak with a rotating cast of some of the nation's top law students about breaking legal news, compelling cases, and what it means to lead a life in the law. Today, we're sharing a sample from my conversation with University of Alabama law student Kyra Perkins. To hear our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, you can now become a member for half the annual membership price. Just head to cafe.com slash insider and enter the special code DEGREE. That's cafe.com slash insider and the discount code is DEGREE. Since the last time I spoke with you, we have had the conclusion of the Derek Chauvin trial in Minneapolis, and you and I spoke about it in the middle of the trial your last time on. And so I want to ask you how you took the verdict and how it felt for you and sort of what it means for you, bigger picture, as a young person, as a young black woman, as a law student, Talk to me a bit about what it meant to you. As a law student,
1: I would say that it was a really important moment for me for accountability. I think that we have become so desensitized to a lot of these issues because we're so used to seeing police officers get off for various acts of brutality. And I think even more so as a Black woman, it gave me hope. It gave me a sense of pride in seeing somebody be held accountable. I will say that that was a little bittersweet just because for me and a number of Black students, we were worried about police retaliation after this. I know that one of my older law student friends actually messaged us in a group message and said, does anybody need money for dinner to get dinner shipped to you because you are afraid to leave your house today? And that's just the reality of being a Black person in America. Seeing an officer be held accountable can still be a scary thing for us because you don't know how other officers are going to react. But I will say that it gave me a lot of hope in where our justice system is going. And I think that that's something that I'm really trying to hold on to right now, which is faith in our justice system. As a law student, that's one thing I never want to lose.
0: It's so interesting, that reaction that you note that you and some of your friends had that would never candidly have occurred to me, the idea, the fear of potential backlash. And I'm glad to hear you say that it gave you some hope. I think I think you and I agree. And I think virtually everybody agrees that while it was a very important moment and sent an important signal to the world, it also does not mean that everything is fixed, right? Far from it. And you and I have talked quite a bit about how things really can get better in a systematic way. And I I think, look, it's always the most pointed when you have an individual who's been charged with such an abuse that it's a crime. And to see that individual get justice and get convicted and get a verdict, I think is sort of the pinnacle and the most important thing that we have to do. And that one of the things about the Chauvin trial was it was such an extreme example. The manner of killing was so flagrant, was so right out there, on videotape that if it had not resulted in a conviction, I think we all would be asking, where are we? And so I think uh, a lot of people sort of shared the reaction that you have. Now, let's talk a bit about, though, how things can change beyond this, beyond this verdict and and where this could lead and, and what are some other potential avenues for really systemic change. And to that note, This week, we've learned that the Justice Department, the United States Department of Justice, has now launched very quickly back-to-back two what we call pattern and practice investigations. These are investigations of entire police departments top to bottom, the two being Minneapolis, where, of course, George Floyd was killed, and Louisville, where Breonna Taylor was killed. So let me ask you this first. Kyra. So the Obama administration did a whole bunch of these pattern and practice investigations. The Trump administration essentially stopped doing them altogether, except for one limited one that they launched in Springfield, Massachusetts. And now the Biden administration has signaled that they intend to bring these back. But the pattern, if you look at the Obama and now Biden administrations, is the pattern and practice investigations are sort of chasing the highest profile police abuses, the highest profile police shootings under Obama. We had Ferguson, Missouri, following the Michael Brown killing. We had Chicago following Laquan McDaniel. Now we've got Minneapolis, Louisville. Does it make sense? What does it say about us that this is the way we go about choosing, we meaning our government, our DOJ goes about choosing where to focus its resources for systemic reform? Should we just be following where was the latest high-profile shooting? I
1: think that that's probably the, not the worst way to do it, but I don't think that's the smartest approach because what we end up having is, for one, a government that publicly seems like they're only trying to cover up on the back end or solve problems on the back end, which leads to Black people having to be victims of police brutality and murder in some instances before anything is ever done. I believe in being proactive and not reactive, so I really think that we should have actually-
0: I hope you enjoyed this sample of the third degree podcast. To listen to the entire episode and to get access to the full archive of exclusive cafe content, just head to cafe.com slash insider and enter the special code degree. We look forward to having you join us as part of the insider community.